ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard. I sell it with one whip. It's off the hard. I'm the what up what up what up san antonio el paso abilene people up in lubbock people up in tyler people up in the shaw city people down the whole 305 south florida region you are tuned in here to the thursday edition of the sports grind calvin casey jonas clark producing in spirit of the one and twos today's show is being presented by dosecchi's get a dose we are broadcasting here from the hazel sky online studios 877-37-GRIND if you know what you want to talk about it is open phone lines feel free to give us a call uh anything that was discussed on yesterday if you didn't have an opportunity to call or you know um you was just busy or anything that we're discussing on the doctor today you want to weigh and give your opinion on feel free to do that the only thing we ask is you call during the breaks and you have patience during the long segments and breaks and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly also keep in mind if you need to reach out to me or follow me via twitter you can do that at sports grind and also if you want to stream the show live you can always go to the business facebook page of sports grind entertainment or you can go to my personal page and you can leave comments and i'll respond to those and read those on air in real time or i'll respond to the later and also keep in mind if you are traveling or if you ever miss any of the episodes live you can always find us by going on sportsgrindonline.com and if you need to listen to us there you just go ahead and click and listen live play button and we'll appear there 877-37-GRIND what's up Mr. Clark ready to rock and roll all right, so we've got quite a few things to get to today in the sports world. Of course, uh, the draft night is finally here, so we're going to start there and probably be heavy on a lot of these trades and rumors that's going on. we definitely still got some NFL stuff I want to touch on as well. Also, we've got Rob Manford of Major League Baseball, as I feel, once sticking his foot in his mouth once again, um, and I'll get to that. So we've got a lot of stuff to get to. But before we get to that, okay, here comes another one of my, um, I won't even say soapbox rant, but it's more serious than anything. Um, breaking news, just coming down the wire, worldwide news, even outside the sports news. Everybody, unless you've been on a rock uh, or less off the grid of social media, you don't know. We know that we basically, since uh, Sunday morning, uh, have been... Um, Dealing with a, it's not a submarine. What, what was the exact words for it, Mr. Clark? A, a submersible. Submersible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows that there's been a lot of efforts and manpower and military efforts from us, Canada, different countries, in regards to find five passengers and a CEO of this company of a submersible. Okay. Um, you know, with the Titanic wreckage. We're just hearing, um, it was just actually. Um, in my home office looking at the uh, coverage and they having a press conference actually as I speak that I guess they found approximately like about 8.50, 8.20 this morning East Coast time, some wreckage and debris um, next to the site of the Titanic, which of the submersible. Um, and I guess what I'm hearing through early on the press conference, didn't get a chance to listen to all of it, they have notified uh, the families um, before they kind of had this press conference. Um, my thoughts are pretty much same as kind of what I'd said the other day when we came in here. But there's a couple angles and twists to this. First of all, uh, the condolences uh, from the families um, out there uh, that are affected or was affected by this, even the friends of the uh, five passengers of life 
on board that they, I guess, are pronouncing now and dead. So I guess now it's going to be maybe a, a, you know, a recover uh, mission or whatever, possibly. Don't know the details yet. But I just want to say this. I, first of all, I will let you know, in my opinion, and I don't think I'm really going on a limb with this. Uh, there, th This is going to, in my opinion, this is going to change um Quite, I'm not, I'm not going to say a lot. I think that's over, but it's going to change quite a bit. And what I mean by what it's going to change is because, you know, in sports, let me tell you, in, in, in sports sometimes, especially in the NFL, what we've heard that, that phrase where, um, you know, the coach or the training staff needs to save the player from himself. We've heard that in sports. And I believe that where we've become in this country, um, I believe that you have, I mean, again, the whole battle cries that we want, we don't want government regulating everything. You know, we, we're a country that is spoiled, that is basically uh, driven by entrepreneurship, um, has, is driven by, you know, wealth and money. Um, but we don't want government regulating us too much on what we can do and what we can't do. But like I said, I think it's time that we have to look at to where maybe government, you know, if they want to get into sports, everything, and maybe it's a point where some parts, some parts of our government need to save wealthy billionaires, basically that have so much money that they don't know what to do with from themselves, protect them from themselves. And the reason why I say that, um, again, and, and again, some people listen to this might not say, hey, this ain't the time for this, this as well. I'm going to tell you this, I'm coming from you seriously, uh, from a serious standpoint, uh, but also, which I get it, you know, uh, AC and I had a conversation with this last night. I know she was very upset and she went on social media she couldn't be i said what rock have you been in um i believe that you know first of all you've seen it if you've been on social media i know casey rob just sent me some like wow that you know couldn't believe there's two things to this in my opinion that's an eye opener for the world to see um and where we're at uh the reaction um, this is kind of proven to me and there's been other things and that's why I wasn't so alarmed by it why AC was yesterday where I felt that I had to go hey man what are y'all doing as a society we have become synthesized to death to, to human life and I think there's a lot that has contributed to that in regards to the m many of mass shootings that we deal with on a I don't think I'm stretching by damn near for sometimes I feel like on a daily basis or a weekly basis Okay, we just go on along with our day lives, nothing shut down. We offer prayers and condolences. Um, but we have the reaction, how people, I guess, under any circumstances, do the social media world that can basically create memes and jokes and stuff like that, where everybody that even paid attention to this knew that this was a race against time to see if there's any way possible with probably a two or three percent chance of executing this to try to survive, uh, to recover and, and save five human lives. Tons of memes, tons of jokes, people laughing. So that lets you know that to me, this is the way I, this is my opinion. This is the way I look at life on the outside. That's why I'm not heavy. I'll keep saying this. This is why I'm not heavy on social media. I'm not one of those interesting Twitter followers. That's why I don't have, I have stronger numbers from listenership and, and, and everything else uh, besides following because I'm just, I don't, I haven't bought all the way into it, even though it really affects my business, my industry, because it's fake and, it, and it's crazy. And you get to see really what people think and where they're at. Also, with people's reaction to this, too, before I get back to my original point, the other, the other thing about the reaction to this, this is also when we found out what this was about, who was on board, why? Because the first thing that came out was really the cost. Like, first of all, I didn't even know that, you know, there was a business operating like this that could pay or you could pay to even go down in this, uh, this thing, okay, submissible. 
in regards to at 200, I've heard 200, I've heard 250 a pop. Didn't even know that until Sunday morning. But my point is, when you get that out there, and then you know there's a billionaire, you know, uh, guy that's the CEO he's on, a lot of reaction, in my opinion, just comes from, shows you the disparity in regards to where we're at in this country from wealth, the middle class, and the have-nots. Because part of it, I feel like people, oh, well, they're rich, they can do it. That's what you get. What are you going down there for? Don't make it, doesn't mean it's right, but that's the mentality where you see the jokes and jokes, even if something is serious as this. But back to my original point before we move on. I do believe that this is an eye-opening to where, going back to my point that it might be that the government or certain parts of our government, not just in this country, but other parts need to save billionaires from themselves. Because at the end of the day, we're finding out that this was a vehicle or a piece of machinery that wasn't even regulated. OK, um, it doesn't matter how many trips that he went down there with. It doesn't really matter that it wasn't even regulated. We're also finding out there was lawsuits about, hey, you know what? This and this safety. Somebody was supposed to be on this trip and said, hey, I don't feel comfortable. Somebody quit the company because of safety concerns. And the reason why I'm going there is because one guy that I'm everybody knows I'm a real fan about. We've got two guys that are pretty much two of the wealthiest people walking on this planet. And I'm speaking of Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. I've told you, that, and the reason why I'm spending even time on this, because it correlates what I've been talking about in sports and the franchise and NFL and ownership. It's a status thing. And we've got two of the richest guys walking the face of the earth that is in an all-time rat race, an all-time sprint to see who could be the first to take civilians up to Mars for the right price, for a million dollars a trip. I believe what we went through, if you look at the taxpayers' dollars that has gone into this effort, the joint thing, I think we're to the point that all these billionaires that, you know, hey, buying a 50-foot yacht's not enough. Going to the all-white Hamptons party's not enough. The biggest jet, 747, private G4, and I got a G6, that's not enough. I do believe that we're to the point where this situation needs to bring in some regulations to monitor those type of people. If you're going to risk and put other people's alive, because in my opinion, this is a this is when you are in partaking of this, like I and I got back into the fourth and this with my stepdaughter last. Night. I said, hey, listen, you know, like I remember the class that I was in, in elementary in 86 when they discovered the wreckage. This is basically people that have studied, whether it's basically. um you know, professionals that have tried to study this wreckage, study this over the course of the last 30, 40, year, 40 some years since discovering it. That's where it should stay and stop there. Is, in my opinion, whether you're a risk taker, whether it's your passion, there is no reason why there should be anything created. Basically, that doesn't have to be regulated, that that is not regulated to put other civilians, regardless of what their tax bracket is, in jeopardy. And I hope this is an eye opener to people of power in government since they want to put their nose and everything else is that you know what maybe we need to start protecting these rich billionaires from them own self my opinion i think it changes a lot when you're talking about this whole you know uh to the moon slogan that 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 you know that that uh that elon's been uh you know putting out there you know my god jeff bay this whole who's gonna get to mars why because it's a status thing because you can and you got the more money that you know what you can do with that. What can I do? There's a problem. That's a problem. And it's not just in this country. It's in the world. That's my problem. That's that's all I got to say about it. So, again, thoughts and prayers to the people uh, affected. 
thoughts and prayers to those people uh, on those five lives that lost. But in my opinion, this is something that could have definitely been avoided and definitely really doesn't make any sense. Hell, I was even looking at the footage last night and I saw, you know, an ex-Navy uh, submarine commander letting everybody know because they were talking about the search effort. He said, look, the military, we don't and we always still pride to say we have the best or one of the best militaries in this world. OK, they don't even have machinery or whatever that's really meant to even go that depth because the military don't even give a damn what goes down there. It's no concern to them. No wars are fought. If you're going to fought wars on the seas and everything and battleships, it's not fought 13,000 feet below. Not yet. I don't think it's ever going to be. Not in our lifetime. But the point is, is like if you don't have the military that has anything to equip, why in the hell should it be a private entity that is allowed to operate and take civilians? And now there's a loss of a 19 year old boy on this on this pretty much submarine, whatever you want to call it, submissible. And his father could have been avoided, could have been avoided. But the reaction from social media the memes and everything like that, of course, that's entertaining because you ain't got nothing. You don't have no dog in the race because it's not your family member or you're just looking like, how the hell y'all? I ain't got I'm struggling every day. You being 250 billionaire. Oh, that's what you get. It's sad, but that's where we're at. That's why I told you, see, I don't know what you posting for. I don't know where have you been. That's where we're at in the society. That's where we're at. 877-37-GRIME. All right, so back to the sports world. Okay, we'll keep those coming for you if it's important in the summertime, if it makes sense. Okay, if it makes sense. That's just my little PSA announcement. All right, and if a guy doing radio with barely a high school damn education can look at the world and understand that, then people that's officials and making government, let's step up and let's, let's use common sense. Let's use common sense. I know we like our freedom, and I'm all about entrepreneurship. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur myself, but come on. Come on. And I, I, I think that this should be putting a pause and going back, say, hey, maybe we need to talk to Ms. Mr. Musk and Mr. Uh, Bezos and say, what is this stuff for civilians? Tomorrow? What I mean, we do have NASA for a reason. Right. Can we just let the perfect the people that really had a past the people that have been studying this stuff for 40 years? I don't think Neil Armstrong took the first steps on the moon. So then some company uh, 100 years, 50 years, 70 years later could come up and say, oh, we're going to charge about a million to go to the Mars, and make it profitable. There was no need to me, in my opinion, that's about status because we got the money because we can go. We can do it. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, grind. All right. To the sports world. So, yeah. So the NBA, <laughs> the NBA, and I'm being dead serious with that take, too. It's kind of kind of pisses me off because it's sad, but it is what it is, you know, from both sides, the reaction from everybody, the jokes and everything. And, everything, and it's just people pissed off. You know, we, we're it's inflation. Everybody's basically trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. And then when you hear this, like what they did, what? Oh, wow. Well, that's their fault. That's just this and this. It's sad, but that's the way we look at things. That's where we at. We have become life has become cheap to other humans and the way we view it. All right, keeping it moving. So let's start with the NBA. We've got the draft that is finally here tonight um, going down in New York. We've got a lot of bit of trades. It's going to be interesting. Maybe Another Jonas, one just broke. Another so. one broke. So I did leave some time for us to go to because I knew things were going to be very fluent while we were on air. Uh, thing, trades were going to break while we were on air. Uh, but let's talk about what we know and let's kind of talk about uh, our backyard, our region starting first because they are the no one with the number one pick. All right, and that's the Spurs, and we kind of know this situation about Wimby. 
um, going number one tonight. You know, he's going on tour. I, first of all, I've never seen anything like this in the modern draft. I've never seen, I mean, even if you go to LeBron, I mean, LeBron wasn't, I mean, we had the hype on the magazine, the chosen one. I don't remember this type of media tour for LeBron before the draft. I really don't. The hype, yes. I mean, this is the closest thing to LeBron, and I think it's actually surpassed LeBron just a little bit on a global stage because we had that LeBron build up since high school, you know, and his, his high school games were on Four Letter Network. So I get it. So to me, a lot of focus needs to go to where I want us to discuss who we think we're going to know too. But let's talk about Wimby and the Spurs. You know, what's interesting to me on this is because there was an article, okay, in SI.com that pretty much wanted to look at the comparisons of what it would be on the tank job, per se. That's what they call it, the tank job in the NFL comparison, who it would have been with what particular player on the same level of what Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs did to put themselves in. This has been a this has been in the process for the last two years. I just want to keep reminding that. And unlike the NFL, it goes with the worst record. So you can put all this in, but you still need a little bit of luck. But this has been in the making for two years now, and we're finally here. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Scott Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 877-37-GRIND. And this next segment, let's see who's up here, is going to be presented by Specs. 
All right, specs, keep in mind, if you're looking for the latest new products, what's in, or you know what you want and you just want to deliver it straight to your doorstep, don't forget about specs online. They've got a lot of different products that you can choose from. Plus, it's hot. It's too. It's always easy to get things delivered these days and times. But don't forget specsonline.com. That is specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so with that said, let's start a little bit. We're going to start with the draft, but I came across an interesting article a little bit, and it was about SI.com. It was about the comparison. If you had to make an NFL comparison of this is, of course, according to SI.com, on who, you know, pretty much this could compare to an NFL to the Greg Popovich situation, um, this would be a they compared it, of course, and it is crazy to me. And the reason I'm bringing it up because they have always been a comparison for like the last 20 plus years. But SI.com compared this to Bill Belichick tanking and then having the opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence, teaming up Trevor Lawrence with Big Bill Belichick compared to. One of, which some people think may be the greatest coach of all time, and Greg Popovich, that depends on who you ask, okay? Having the opportunity to coach a young man with this type of skill set that is this polished. So, um, I, I saw you kind of look at me like, oh, I don't know. You, you, do you think, talk to me, do you think that's a go-go? Because, I, I, you know, I didn't go in depth in the argument, but I looked at it and I said, okay. Because, you know, it did, it did talk about, like, you know, look, Bill Belichick made a decision after Tom Brady left to try to do some patchwork, get Cam Newton in doing this. But if he would have bottomed out, yada, yada, you know, the NFL, there's no ping pong. He's like, you got the worst record, you're getting the number one overall pick. Now, I've always said, and this is another reason why I'm bringing up this comparison, because I've always said it's apples and oranges, I, in my opinion, to pretty much talk about NFL and NBA when it comes to tanking. Because in the NFL, I know fans like to think teams tank, and call, but to me, there's, I don't believe you can really do that in the NFL as blatant as you do in the NBA. Because a lot of guys that are on a team, you're talking about 15 guys on a roster, okay, in the NBA, and you're talking about 48 to 50 guys. Some of them guys on that previous team ain't going to be there anyway. And they can't put bad film out on their eye in the sky for that. So I think it's a little bit different. But if you think just the comparison of, are you looking at that Jones from like, uh, talent-wise, Trevor wasn't. Now, keep in mind, Trevor was a bad. Trevor was hyped up as a bad man coming out. I mean, he won a national title. He went to the national championship game twice. Uh, he never really had a losing record till he got up to Jacksonville his first year. Um what are your thoughts on why you gave me kind of look like, I don't know. Do you think that that's a reach? I mean, I see what and Connor Orr, uh, the, you know, who, the author of this piece for Sports Illustrated, I see what he's doing, but I, I feel like Trevor Lawrence isn't enough of a prospect to have been equated to what we're seeing with Wembenyama. I, I, Trevor Lawrence, in pairing with Bill Belichick and Landing, might have been more like a Zion Williamson kind of thing. The I, w I would have gone a step further and said if 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 Belichick would have tanked in 2012 for Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck is the best quarterback prospect we've seen come out of anywhere since Peyton Manning. 
and I think that you would even say that him coming out of out of out of Stanford was even more of of a, of a more hyped, more of a sure thing, more of a, a generational quarterback than even Trevor Lawrence. I get all, I get the, I I watched for Trevor Lawrence first in the Elite Eleven camps because when you're chilling around, you know, looking at you uh, around around YouTube and stuff like that, and you're going down quarterback, you know, quarterback camps, and you, you can get into that wormhole, right? Just following Justin Fields there at the Elite Eleven, Trevor Lawrence there at the Elite Eleven, you see the success he had at Clemson. I get the fact that he never really lost. Um, well, his perfect Saturday record is still intact or whatever. Um, I, I get all that, but I don't know that Trevor Lawrence was enough of a prospect. Now, I would also say that in that same 2021 quarterback class, this, it does feel, when you talk about a, a perfect fit, because I don't know what Trevor Lawrence necessarily looks like with Bill Belichick, um, but when, when you talk about a fit, I do feel like this really feels like that Mac Jones 2021 draft, though. Because of the fact that you, because of the odds factor, because you have to defy the odds. The Spurs had, uh, granted, they had had shared with the equal, you know, with, with the Rockets and uh, the Pistons with the odds to land the first overall pick, but it's still a bit of a lottery. It's still unpredictable, and I feel like Mac Jones falling to twelve, and we remember or fourteen, and we remember watching that draft, and he's gonna fall, he's gonna fall, he's gonna fall. And you talk about you replacing Tom Brady, and if there's a guy that replaces Tom Brady, it's the pudgy lookalike. You know, you, you compared the the draft, you know, um, pictures from the combine with Brady to that with Mac Jones standing there in the locker room with a cigar in his mouth, and they both have the baby fat still rolling and everything like that. So I feel like this does feel like a Mac Jones now. It has the potential. Now, Mac Jones came out of Alabama with a lot of potential. There was some people that even said behind Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones might be the best, the second best quarterback in that class. Well, hold on, Wilson was hype. Come out from a talent stand because you, you, you. I was trying to follow you. You had to punt the break. So, from a talent standpoint, you're trying to compare the skill set and the hype of Mac Jones to 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 Wimby. I mean, it, I'm not it, saying if Trevor... It's, it's, it's not so much about a talent standpoint. We're talking, again, the, the point is about fit, right? It's about fit in the system. If they're... For, for, for Popovich to land Wemby, and you talk about the fit, how he perfectly works within the organization. We talk about the last two times the Spurs had the number one overall pick, and they drafted two centers. The, the foundational pieces. Of course, Timmy played the four then, you know, in, during his career, but... When you look at the fit, when you look at the the unpredictable odds, those elements, Mac Jones, everybody said it at the time. Now, his career with, with the Patriots hasn't played out the way that we thought it would. And, sorry to annoy probably half the listenership here, but we, only, we can hope, and there's already the talks about the... Uh, the the hype for Wemby being maybe a bit too much, and can't, you said before you're on the record, even if he lives up to sixty percent of the hype, seventy, yeah. right? So we're already kind of scaling that back a little bit too. But if Mac, I feel like Mac Jones replacing Tom Brady and Bill Belichick landing him, defying all odds, he had a bad. That was a bad year for the Patriots too. It wasn't bottom of the NFL bad, but it was bad. So to end up in that position, and then you, you didn't even have to make a trade to land Mac Jones. He just falls in your lap. The unpredictable fashion. And, and, and the fit comparison. Well, see, I think the fit comparison is being over-exaggerated with the Spurs. 
Because what fit? What have we proven? I mean, just because you, I mean, Tim and they, the fit and, and I, look, this is not the whole point of me bringing up to this for me and you to get back and forth in the debate. But I'm just saying that, no, I, I could see you maybe saying, Trevor Lawrence, I'm not going to give you Mac Jones just from a talent scam. But Mac didn't have that much hype coming out. Yes, there was talked about, damn, you know, Nick Saban connection, Bill Belichick if he falls. No, I think it would be comparable maybe to Trevor Lawrence or I would say more of an Andrew Luck. I would say more of an Andrew Luck at the time, but Mac Jones, no, man. He he, he wasn't – there wasn't teams salivating over Mac Jones thinking like this is a generational talent coming out of a quarterback regardless of the fit. So, uh, But I thought it was interesting in general, but let's bring it back to the draft and the NBA. Um, so I've been saying for the last week or two that there's no um, – I would say this, there's no confirmation uh, from the Spurs for sure. Everybody and their mom and doesn't know they're taking it, but I think we're safe to say that they are going to draft him tonight at the number one. But again, my hope, I mean, I think we've talked about everything that can be talked about, but I will sit there and tell you, I still, the interesting thing to me is this builds up and we're talking about the good morning America. And then we're talking about the first pitch. The thing that gets to me still is that the Spurs have never dealt with anything like this. And that is no disrespect to Tim. That's no disrespect to Dave. I'm talking about they. he might not even live up to be good as either one of those two guys. We don't know. That's not my point. My point is the hype, the attention of the national media in the world wanting a piece of this guy. Okay, that's something because up until recently, it's been kept like Fort Knox down here. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's been a military operation for 20 years off East Houston Street. And it's a different little bit time. And then I think Wimby's going to be one of those guys. And I think he's groomed for this. I think if you look at his nutrition, if you look at the way he speaks, like I said, hell, man, he goes, I put more pressure on myself. I really don't care all that. But I think it's one of those that one thing that's key that he is. I've heard Wimby say this on a few occasions of interviews when he's talked about the process in France and all that. He has said multiple times that he has kind of how can I put this? He has said that he's had to go. A little bit against the grain against coaches that have tried to change what he's trying to do. He's had to fight that. That is a red flag to me about the organizations he's coming through. And why I say that is that I hope, and like I said, he's done a lot of changing over the years, but assuming Jonas is going to be wrong and basically Pop is going to be the one that's going to be here for at least the first two years of his career. In my opinion, I know he's got skins on the wall in Pop, and I know it's like a lot of people in this region, Pop, we trust. But it's one of those things you're going to have to let Wimby be Wimby. You're not going to have to sit there, you know, this whole stuff, you know, the plays we did this, we tell a four down. You're going to have to let Wimby be Wimby to make him comfortable. And the million-dollar question is, because when you get to that age, Pop's, what, 78, 77? Well, where is he, 76, 75? He's somewhere. He's up there. He's in his 70s. There's a big difference between 79 and somewhere in your 70s. He's 74. 70, 71, 72. When you get 74, man, you are setting your ways, let alone if you're a military dude, background. And the million-dollar question is, can Pop do that? Can he do that? Because I believe in order to keep this young man happy and to keep him thinking this is the franchise he grew up rooting for that he wants to play and stay with, I believe that the million-dollar question is whether he sticks around for a year or sticks around for two years, can he do that? Speaking of pop, that's all I'm saying. So the suspense should be over here less than five or six hours away, you know, from that. 
So let's shift the focus a little bit to because I do want to look at this top 50 list because they have a top 50 draft prospect list. I want to kind of go through that in at least the top 10 and top 15 if there's possibilities the Spurs would be able to move in the top 15. But I want us to go on a, on a um, I can't say the word limb, but I want us to go on a little bit edge there. Let's discuss for the sake of this particular show in this time slot. Who do we feel that's going to be not 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 what the odds are or or who's favored, or who do we think that is going to be number two overall? Um, unless there's a trade, unless Charlotte pulls off a trade, which what I'm hearing is that there's going to be, I believe I'm hearing Portland is going to get a plethora of trade calls prior to this draft or doing draft for Dame Lillard. I've also got a little update on Dame too, according to, uh, you know, Brian Winhurst. Um, if less there's a trade with Charlotte, I believe the number two overall pick is going to be probably Scoot. I think Brandon Miller, me personally, I think it should be Brandon Miller, even though I'm kind of basically falling more liking of Scoot, just his attitude, and I think he's going to be one of those gritty guys. I think just from a skill standpoint and polish and ready to go, I think it should be Brandon Miller, but I can't. I think due to the fact, I mean, I've heard rumblings about his interview process. You usually only hear about this stuff in the NFL and combine, but it's leaked out with Brandon because of all the stuff that's surrounding him. Um. I do believe that because of that, it's going to be some reservations for sure. Now, granted, the the wild card in this whole thing is that you alluded and educated us yesterday, Jonas, Mr. Clark, that Michael Jordan is still having the he's still operating the draft. Uh, even though the sale, the majority sale of the team is complete, that transaction is complete. I guess Mike negotiated that he can go ahead and keep, you know, uh, operating this last draft. Because I told you yesterday, tongue in cheek, I was like, Mike probably thinking, I ain't never been able to draft any of this type of talent since I've been here. The damn time I'm getting ready to sell the team. Well, Mike, you got other things you want to do. So time and time and sucks, but it is what it is. But he's going to have the, the 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 feel of what it feels like to draft one. Because honestly, I don't think you're going to go wrong with. I don't think you're going wrong with any three of these guys: Wimby, Scoot, or Brandon Miller. Everybody else, the twins, uh, whoever else, I think is really just more of a crapshoot to wait to see. So I don't think you can go. I don't think Charlotte could go really that wrong either way. But the one thing that I want to put a bullet in. And put the whole narrative to sleep. Stop it with the mellow. Mellow ball is, I believe, should not and probably won't stop Charlotte from drafting Scoot if they decide he is the best player available at number two. Unless there's a trade, in my opinion. So, that's my take on that. But I believe number two, I think it is going to be Scoot. I think it should be Brandon Miller, but I think with what's surrounding him and what I'm hearing with the interviews, I think it's going to be probably Scoot, you know, 877-37-GRIND. Okay, um, so keeping it moving here and uh, sticking with the draft, let's look at that. Okay, so I do want to look at, because uh, they had the top 50 NBA prospects According to SI, you got that pulled up, Jonas. Okay, let's really just concentrate. We're no, no way in hell we're going through the top 50. I just want to concentrate really, let's say, on the top 15 because the rumors has it 
the Spurs, I know there was some report. They're trying to find a way. Now, they have come out today. I don't know if you've seen this report, Jonas, but who are the, the Spurs? Who is the rumor saying that they've already confirmed two players they know that's not going anywhere, that they're not trading to get back in the top? Did you hear anything about that? I thought I heard, but I forgot who it was. But let's just assume that they're trying to move in the top 15. So let's just concentrate on, according to SI.com, what is the top 15 draft prospects that they have, uh, according to that? And really quick, because I did just find what you're talking about, um, the, the Sports Illustrated citing the Express News, the Spurs will not be trading Keldon Johnson or Devin Vassell to move back into the first round. Uh, that tells everybody that they value Keldon Johnson more than you do. Um, but who else does it show they value? Oh, but the Spurs can always, but Jonas, that don't mean nothing. Because let me tell you why. Hold on, before you take, first of all, they valued Matt Bonner. Okay, and how long did his ass run up and down the court for, what, 12, 13 years here? I'm not telling you I don't devalue Keldon Johnson. I'm just telling you the guy that's named in there, he passed him up. He passed him up. As far as I'm concerned, as until further notice, once they draft Wimby tonight, Keldon would be the third best player on this squad. But keep, go ahead and continue. And you wouldn't be wrong, but they value him more okay. than you do. Um, so looking at uh, Kevin Sweeney breaking down Sports Illustrated's big board, uh, number one, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, number two, Scoot Henderson. Number three, Brandon Miller. Uh, four, Amen Thompson. Five, Anthony Black. Six, Jarris Walker. Seven, Cam Whitmore. Eight, Osser Thompson. Nine, uh, Taylor Hendricks. Ten, Kaysen uh, Wallace. Eleven, Grady Dick. Twelve, Jordan Hawkins. Thirteen, Noah Clowney. Fourteen, the one I told you that was rumbling, Bilal Kuyabali. Uh, um, Wemby's teammate over there off Mets 92. That's the top 15 pick right here. Uh, and number mm. 15, uh, Jalen Hood uh, Shifino, um, uh, a guard, rounding up the top 15 there. Okay. We're coming up against a break. I know I've got uh, Shelby T. James checking in. I'm going to get to um, her questionnaire shortly. But I will tell you what I want to know, and we'll talk about it again after we answer Shelby's question, is that out of that top 15, what bigs, how many of those are bigs that we're looking at? Because that goes the whole debate. If they find a way to finagle themselves back in the first round, that goes back to a question we had yesterday. Would it be a point guard or a big? You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spit of the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.